Before I get started on today's Morecast, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee, in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right smack dab in the middle of the brand new dairy block. Um, I, I, you know, look, I, I went in there, oh, I don't know, last week with a friend of mine, and we both enjoyed Blanchard to the extreme. And in fact, um, he isn't necessarily someone who is a wine connoisseur like me. And I went in and I said, trust me, the, the, way, the staff will help you find uh, the perfect one for you. Um, you know, you can have a taste and you can go from there. And it was great to have, and it's such a great atmosphere because you could sit on this couch and just enjoy uh, having some wine you know, uh, maybe some a, a plate of meats and cheeses, you know, whatever you want to do. And it sounds kind of snobby, but it's kind of actually cool. It's a cool kind of relaxed vibe where you can sit down, have a conversation, and really enjoy the evening. And this is really what we did. Uh, we had a great time. Uh, Blanchard has uh, uh, really specializes in Pinot Noir because their, their family vineyard is in the Sonoma County area of California. But it is really a, a just a place where you can have everything. So Pinot cabs the cabernet they have there is fantastic if you really like cabernets like i do that's really the the thing you need to go with um but they also have whites um, you know rieslings blends anything you could think of it's just a great place to have enjoy wine um and i can't recommend them enough and hopefully soon i'll be able to have a a little bit of a getaway for you people so uh stay tuned to uh, csg podcast and we'll we'll be able to maybe hook you guys up uh uh, i'll I'll find something to uh a trivia to (laughs) impart to you guys and then maybe we can uh, work something out but anyway they are uh blanchard family wines on uh, facebook and instagram uh, they are they are uh, located. Excuse me, I'm just completely messing this up. They are between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful Lower Downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right smack dab in the middle of the Dairy Block. Uh, when you go in, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm of course your host, Jeff Morton. Um, I had a different podcast already recorded. I was all ready to post it yesterday, and I stopped myself. And I stopped myself because I felt like I was piling on. It is a very, it's very easy to have those when things are kind of going bad. And the Nuggets have lost five of the last six. It, things are going badly. Um, their offense is terrible. Uh, it's just their their approach and everything is not working. Michael Porter Jr. needs to play more, but they don't know how to work him in. Things are not going well, and it's very easy to record about five or ten podcasts of just piling on the Denver Nuggets. I decided to pull that back because at this point, until something new happens, it's just me repeating myself. Everyone here knows my position on what the way the Nuggets play and how what I think they need to do to remedy things. Um, and it just doesn't... Everyone, no good for me to reanalyze the same thing and just go, you know, say the same thing I've always been saying. It's not going to, you know... It's not going to be productive. And it's just... And you guys will tune out because you've heard the same thing over and over. So I decided to change. And one of the reasons I decided to change up is tonight the Nuggets are playing 
the Portland Trailblazers. And, uh, of course, this features uh, the one and only Carmelo Anthony after taking a year off, essentially, of basketball. Carmelo Anthony is back uh, with the Blazers. Uh, the Blazers aren't, aren't a good team. Um, they have suffered s- several injuries, but even before that, it was questionable how good they were. And I think that we, when looking at this, this, this game tonight, really the only thing you could, if our Nuggets interest talking about, is really looking at uh, Carmelo Anthony. And people are talking about what kind of reception he will get. I think it's, it, Nuggets fans are long past long past whatever happened. There'll be people who boo him, but man, he was traded eight years ago. <laughs> it's just, it's at some point it'd be complaining about mellow, uh, and the way he left becomes reductive. However, it is good to kind of assess his legacy because we're now at a point where that is something you can do. Mello spent his first almost eight years in Denver and arguably his best years, it's certainly his most successful years uh, as, a, as a team in Denver um, in a tougher conference. Uh, and really, truly, Mello, his halcyon days were with the Denver Nuggets. <clears throat> so maybe we're at the point where assessing his legacy is now where we should shift. And when talking about Carmelo Anthony's legacy, it is hard to not focus on his final year uh, in Denver from February of 2010 to February of 2011 and think that um, there was a cascade of, of events that maybe if they were done a little differently or if they didn't happen, maybe Melo would still be around Denver. Who knows? Um, uh, it, it was the time that Melo spent in Denver. The Nuggets made the playoffs all eight years. Uh, set, you know, seven and a half, but they made the playoffs the year Melo was traded. Um, it's it, it's hard to not look at that and think, well, that's a series of uh, that's a run that uh, I think outside of the '80s and um, their '70s run. Uh, we didn't see. And it's hard not to look back on that and say, man, that was, that was, a, that was a good run. And, and feel that maybe outside of things breaking a, a certain way in 2009, or if George Carl doesn't get cancer in 2000, uh, 2010, um, maybe things shape out a different way. I'm inclined to believe Carmelo Anthony did spend his best years in Denver, but uh, inevitably uh, this was going to end, whether LaMelo left in free agency or if, uh, or whether Melo was traded. He, I think the relationship was done by the time Carmelo Anthony entered the 2010-2011 season, and you could argue it was done by the time the trade deadline of the 2009-10 season happened, when the Nuggets, Carlo Mello was, from all reporting, was begging the Nuggets to get a, a big man in on the roster so he, they could help Nene. And Nuggets did not do so. And I believe that was probably the fracture point of the relationship with, with Mello. Um, but others believe that Mello was gone regardless. He just wanted New York. I mean, you could make a very good argument. <clears throat> 
and a convincing one, that Melo just was like wanting to go back to the East Coast. He's an East Coast guy. Uh, Denver is a different vibe. Uh, anyone who comes from the East Coast and comes to Denver, you have to be ready for it not to be uh, 24-7. You have to be ready for it to, to be a different pace. And uh, I think Melo was ready to be back in that atmosphere. I do, and, and I think that certainly was a major part of his decision-making in wanting to get out of Denver. Um, there were some circumstances around the Nuggets that I think don't get reported enough. Um, uh, the Nuggets, by 2010-11, had a bunch of contracts coming up. I think it was J.R. Smith, Kenyon Martin. Uh, the Nuggets uh, had an option on uh, Chauncey Billups. Uh, the entire team seemed to be, like, uh, outside of um, <laughs> outside of Birdman uh, and Nene. Uh, the, the, the roster was really in flux. Obviously, that uncertainty will play into any star player's mind. Um, he and George never got along, and I don't think that was a situation that was going to be remedied. Um, that was going to be something that was going to fester and become worse uh, if, if things had stayed the same. Even despite George Carl getting cancer in 2000, uh, 2010, uh, it was not going to, re- it just wasn't going to work. Re- people need to understand that their relationship was fractured. And from Mello's perspective, he was done. So how are you going to remedy that? Especially when someone gets cancer and, um, you know, comes back valiantly. As an organization, what kind of bind are you in? You know, it's, it's, not, it's not a situation that is uh, easily, easily rectified. And we all think that George, uh, I, I think most people think some of the best coaching George ever did, period, was the 2010-11 season when he held that team together somehow. A, a, a team that, no, you know, to Melo's credit, he never tanked the year. Right? He didn't do an Anthony Davis. Melo, Melo played like Melo that entire year. If his numbers weren't the same as they were in 2009-10, they were close. And uh, so Melo didn't tank the year. He didn't do what Anthony Davis did last year. It's just he's, he, he was the good soldier, gave them his trade demand, and played played out. Um, I think not, there is a element of you went to New York instead of staying in Denver on a better team. And it seemed like you just were given the bird to the city. Um, I think it's okay for people to think that way because, in a in a, in a weird sense, I think that f- that is a that's a part of the of the picture. That is a part of the the painting that is Carmelo Anthony's time in Denver. Um, Carmelo, um, I think we would be foolish to say that more than business, more than just the business of basketball factored into his decision, which is hard for people to take. It really is, and I don't blame him. You take it personally when someone says, I would rather live someone else, somewhere else. You do. And I think that 
it is hard to for people to to kind of process. I don't think, and from Mello's perspective, and I'll be honest, I'm gonna get shit for this, but I'll, I don't care. I don't think Mello ever had anything against Denver. I, I just there's no and there's been zero evidence that has ever been produced that Mello had anything against the city of Denver. Um, I think he. Uh, had other reasons, and I think I think his preference for living on the East Coast overrode whatever Denver had to offer. That's fine. If you go out somewhere else for a job and to, to New York, and you're like, I just I don't like the pace of this. I want to go back home. I don't think anyone will blame you. It's just Melo the star player, and you feel jilted. Things happen, you know. And, and really, truly, Melo's impact on this team. Via that trade is extension, ex- extensive. Him allowing the Nuggets to trade him uh, in the way that he did uh, is a tribute to Melo. I know people don't want to give Melo credit here, but that's a tribute to Melo. Uh, Melo could have pulled an Anthony Davis. He did not. Uh, Melo gen- generally, not all the time, but generally was someone who just did what he did that year. He didn't like being booed. I do remember... I do remember a couple times he took being booed at Pepsi Center personally when he was still on the Nuggets. Um, but and by and large, Melo was the good soldier. And when he was traded, he was traded. And you know, there was some quirky crap that happened during that year, specifically the weird uh, Melo's been traded to the Nets falsity. That never happened. But, you know, there was there was multiple things that happened that could have gone worse. It was exhausting. As someone who had to cover the team uh, on Denver Stiffs in 2010, uh, it was particularly exhausting. Um, I personally would never want to go through that ever again. But it is what it is. And Nuggets got a huge haul, and Jamal Murray is here because of it. You know, Jamal Murray is a part of this Nuggets team because the Nuggets uh, made that trade with Carmelo Anthony. He is the he is the Carmelo Anthony legacy, six years or five years after he was traded, and I think now we can look back with some perspective and say Melo, if you're if we're going if I'm going to talk about Carmelo Anthony as someone who has watched the Denver Nuggets since 1987, I I can't do it without saying that Carmelo Anthony yes the team was better okay. The, the Nuggets constructed a better team around Carmelo Anthony in 2003 when he was drafted. Um, uh, they brought in Andre Miller that year. Uh, Steve Blake came in, I think, at the deadline, maybe, if he wasn't there all year. Um, Marcus Camby was here. Nene was still, I think this was pre-first bout with cancer. Um, and uh, just he, he was a... Uh, he had a better team around him, and this is pre-Kenyon Martin. But also, the Nuggets were a dog franchise. They were bad for all but two years in the 90s. Uh, and in fact, that one of those years, they probably shouldn't have made the playoffs. Um, they had one magical season. But outside of that, the Nuggets were a dog franchise. Uh, that briefly gave the team, the city, hope in the mid-90s. And but the streak from 1995 to 2003 was bleak, and it was hard to it was hard basketball to watch. Um, at one point, then the, there's 
One season, Nuggets won 14 games under Mike D'Antoni, his only year in Denver, and one season where Bill Hanslick led the team to nearly the losingest team in NBA history uh, during the <laughs> during, you know, during the 1997-98 season when uh, the Nuggets won 11 games and were saved by Corey Alexander from being the losingest team in NBA history. Um, that That's part of it. Um... Carmelo Anthony came in on his white horse and gave the Denver Nuggets a star. Carmelo Anthony was coming off an NCAA championship. Uh, Next to LeBron, there was not a single player that got more hype than Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony immediately gave this this team credibility, and it lifted the franchise. And you can't underestimate that. And I think through the bitterness and through the, the lens of... Whatever has gone on since, Carmelo Anthony is someone who deserves credit for lifting this franchise out of below the... They were sub-basement, okay? They were in the dirt. And I think that this Nuggets team owes a lot, even currently, as I said, to Melo allowing them to trade him. Look, I don't like the way he left... I think that he was a flawed player and it was, he was hard to build around. Um, but there was no doubt he was a star. And stars bring things with them. Stars bring cred. Stars bring a certain amount of cachet to them that, you know, quite frankly, you're not going to get otherwise. And I'm grateful for Melo to, for, as someone who was a longtime uh, Denver Nuggets fan, bringing this team out of the depths. And any part of his legacy has to include that. And it has to include that Western Conference Finals run. And it also can include him yelling at George Carl in 2008 to, don't just sit there, do something. It, it, it has to include that. Mel's complicated legacy is, is well, re, you know, it's complicated for a reason, okay? Uh, there are many facets to it, and it's, that's why it's so hard to pin down. But in the grand scheme of things... What I'm going to do as someone who's watched Nuggets from ni- since 1987, 32 years now, I will say that I enjoyed the time Mello was here. I appreciated him here. And I think that eventually, eventually, Nuggets fans will come to, come to appreciate the Carmelo Anthony era in Denver and appreciate it for what it was, uh, one of the best eras in Denver Nuggets basketball history. Thank you all for joining me today on this latest Mortcast. I'll be talking to you soon. Goodbye.